production. Hello, it's Sarah. I wanted to let you know about my three new meditations I have made especially for you. If you follow the podcast, you'll know that meditation has been a big part of my life for a long time. So a lot of care has been taken in making these meditations extremely powerful. I've created a 20-minute manifestation meditation to allow you to bring your dreams into reality. Then I've created two 10-minute meditations, one for the morning to help you start your day vitalized and with a clear mind, then an evening meditation to help you have a calm and restful sleep. You can find these three meditations on my website at the shop tab at sarahgrimberg.com. Amy Shark is one of Australia's most prolific musicians whose songs have captivated audiences around the globe for nearly a decade. Amy is wise and spending time with her, I was fortunate enough to see a side behind the music and glamour that shines with warmth and humility. This conversation traverses many realms. It's about the joy of giving what you want to receive, the responsibility she shoulders to be a role model to those who hold her work dear, setting boundaries in relationships and navigating the waves of fame. When I worked with Ed Sheeran and we were in the studio, there there were times where I just felt like a piece of shit. I was just like, "I, I shouldn't be here. Like, I should not be here. But I was getting lazy until I met Ed. I was like, man, he is this great because he just keeps writing and he keeps performing and he's such a strong guitarist and he's such a strong singer and it's just practice. I'm Sarah Grimberg and this is A Life of Greatness. Through my years of studying and researching the connection between human behaviour, personal growth and transformation, I have discovered the keys to unlocking greatness within others. In this podcast, I share stories and experiences from my own teachings, along with conversations with inspiring guests to help you learn the simple tips, habits, practices and strategies to cultivate an extraordinary existence. Amy Shark's new single is called Can I Shower It Yours? Her other chart-topping albums include Cry Forever and Love Monster. This conversation at its core is about community and the experiences that shape who we become. It's about the deep personal satisfaction that comes with contributing beyond ourselves. Amy is someone I've wanted to interview for a while and this conversation won't disappoint. My hope is that this episode leaves you inspired, uplifted and reminds you of life's bigger picture and higher promise. Amy Shark, welcome to A Life of Greatness. When you were young, you always wanted to play guitar. Can you tell me when did you first pick it up? Oh, I picked up the guitar pretty young, but I I think I would have been maybe seven or eight. But I remember it being just so... I just did not think I would ever be able to play this thing. It was yes. more just for fun, playing around with it, getting photos with it. What normal young kids do, like it sounded horrible and bang, bang, bang. I never thought I would ever be able to play it. Like for so long, even when I was in like grade seven, I remember going to my friend's house and her brother had one and she could kind of play a couple of chords and I my mind was blown because I thought you had to be born with a weird skill set or yes. some sort of magic. I, I don't know what I thought. I just was like always blown away by it and just I, I must have had such low expectations of myself because even when I saw it on television, I was like, 
never came into my head that I could do it. <laughs> it's funny, you know, because my I've got a 10-year-old son and he's played guitar for like the last three or four years, but he never really practices. And then before they do these little like school events where everyone comes and watches the people that play instruments. Yeah. And we're like, you've got to practice for this. So he'll spend a couple of weeks practicing and then he's really good. Yeah. We're like, you're really good at it, but you need to practice. Yeah. I wonder for you, what motivated you to keep on keeping on with it? Was there a point where you went, I'm really good at this? Or did you just always put in the work? My grandparents really wanted me to play an instrument. And it was either piano, they had a piano at their house um, or guitar. And I was starting, it was at the beginning of high school and I was starting to listen to a lot more music. And I remember my brother, because he's six years younger than me. So he didn't have friends or like at that age, he was just going to school. So he took lessons and I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. I'm too busy with my friends. I don't have time. And he came home, they bought him a guitar and he could play stuff. And he's like six years younger than me. And I was like, and I think the penny dropped then. I was like, I want to do this because that looks cool. And I was starting to listen to like grungy music. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I want to do it. So I started going and having lessons. And I had, I'm lucky because my guitar teacher was like not pushing classical, even though he was, I was supposed to be getting trained classical guitar, you know, just the way it's supposed to happen. But I think he picked up on me really early on if he taught me what I wanted to know and like riffs that were like, like something from Sublime or um, uh, Eric Clapton or mm. something that I could listen yeah. to myself playing and go, oh my God, I sound like the artist. And he did that. What did, what did I learn? I think I learned um, My Friends or something from Chili Peppers. It was like a distinct riff or Under the Bridge or something. And I heard myself playing it and then I, that was it. That's all I needed. Wow. I was addicted. And every lesson, and I didn't have heaps because um, the guy moved back to America, but he taught me enough, the basic chords, and he would be like, we'll have our lesson and then at the end you can bring me a song and I'll show you how to play it. And so I was like, okay, great. So every every lesson I would learn the chords, yeah. bo- what I thought was boring, but it was actually teaching me how to play, would learn them and then I'd be like, hey, I really like this riff from Blink-182 or whatever. And he'd be like, okay, cool. So this is how it's played. And, how awesome And then is I'd that? go home and I'd just, I wouldn't leave my room. Like my stepdad called it the Batcave because <laughs> I was just in there all the time. He's like, and I just would have my guitar playing and and that that's all I was obsessed with. It's a funny line, you know, from natural ability to practicing so much. Malcolm Gladwell talks about that. There's that you can only get so far with natural ability if you don't practice. And it sounds like you obviously had a combination of the two. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I had a real want to do it. It, you know what? It kind of made me think you you can do anything if you practice. Yes. It really did. I was like, because I was just, I couldn't believe, I, I would just be so excited. I'd be like, listen to this. Like I can play like nothing else matters or whatever. Like I was just so happy with myself and it made me so happy. So I guess you, you need some sort of natural ability, I guess. Yeah. There are definitely things that I do that I think you need some sort of talent, which I think gets... I think it's really hard for people to say. Yeah. Because it makes you sound like I'm talented. But I also think it's really um, rude when people just think that they can do it too or that you're lucky. or so. It's like, no, I, I've got something. Yeah. I've got something I, and I've mixed it with yes. working really hard. And I think we all have different talents and that's what yeah, makes us exactly. all special. Exactly, you just need to find it. Yeah. Like I was really good at listening to people when I was young and they would always tell me their problems and then that ended up manifesting in 
me interviewing people and listening to them totally. all day. Yeah. So it's like we all have our natural abilities. You just abilities. need to be in tune with with it early. You know? Absolutely. I think that's, the, I think that's the, uh, such a beautiful thing if you can figure out what you really want mm. early in life. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned before to me that you still live in the Gold Coast and that's where you grew up. You also just briefly mentioned your nan, who I know that you're really close to. How did that relationship come about from all the years of you staying still so close? Like how does she give a lot of meaning to your life? I've noticed now as an adult, like we all probably do, like why you feel close to someone. It's because you need to, you really need to build things with with people. And my mum had me really young. So I was like basically living with my nan a lot, you know, because my mum had to work and, you know, she was just, 1920 or something. So my nan was mothering me. So, and that, that really sticks in a young kid's brain, Mm. those feelings and of safety and warmth and, and love. Like even my nieces and nephew right now, I can see how much love they're getting. And I, I'm so happy for it because I know that that is going to sort of turn them into really lovely people because it's just such a nice thing to have as a young kid. Mm. She built those foundations and, I don't know. She just like has always been there and has mm. always told me there is there's not a problem that I won't be able to help you fix. Really? And I've always felt like that. I'm like, I'll just go and tell Nan or I actually have it in a line in a song where she said, like, you, you come to me first, like you come to me. And it's like she's always known, don't try and fix it yourself. Don't go to <laughs> come to me. Like yeah. whether it's financial, whether it's like you've got yourself in a, a sticky situation or you're arguing with your parents or whatever, just come to me. And I've always had that, you know. That's so beautiful. Mm, yeah. What a special thing to have. When you were young, your parents separated. How old were you? I was just a baby. Oh, you were little. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have a beautiful stepfather yeah. that is your father I know there was a time where you said you had such love towards your stepfather that you asked your mother if you could call him your dad. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a big moment. Well, I don't remember it being a big thing for me at the time, but I remember seeing it in my mum's face. Like it was, she was so happy that I wanted to do that. And then I remember her just saying, go go and ask him. I think you should, something you should ask him. And um, and I went out and he just started crying and, and I look back as an adult now yes. and I'm like oh I see that now because like my nieces and nephews could say anything and I start crying but like <laughs> I now know that that would have been a real heavy lovely feeling to have you know um, a, a child that's not actually yours but you've been there so much and helped her so much that she sees you as her dad, you know. So I can see how that made him emotional. But, yeah, it was he, – he's great. I'm so lucky because a lot of people don't get that. You've got a beautiful husband who you met many years ago who's become a big part of everything that you do. Can you tell us a bit about how that relationship formed and how you've got this gorgeous love story together, the two of you? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if it's that, but <laughs> – um, we're just very real, you know, and I think we always have been like, we, we were friends first and, yeah. um, we both loved music and he's like just the funniest guy. I, I just think he's the smartest and funniest guy I've ever met in my uh-huh. life. And, um, I always, I don't know, it's, it's obviously something in me that I always run to things that feel safe. Mm. Like, I think I put myself in that much danger before growing up and being around bad people that when I do see people that, 
feel warm and safe to me, I really run to them when I need to. Mm. And he was there when I needed someone who just had his head on and he was, you know, straight out of school, into uni, really beautiful family. It just felt nice being around him, you know. And um, he believed in me really early on when it was when it came to music because I was in a band and we kind of sucked, like, pretty bad. What and, was the band? Uh, it was an old girl band. <laughs> oh, um, and we really were just four angry girls in a garage. That We were all listening to, like, Nirvana and, like, Manson and just... And it, it it was fun. It was really fun. But um, And he could even see some hooks in some songs yeah. then. He was like, that song... But he's like... I don't know. Like it's it's really hard, but that's you know he would try and see the best in in what we had. But when we broke up and I started playing acoustic, that's when he was like, "I really think you're a really good songwriter." And um and we weren't together then, but I would see him with like my CDs in his car that I'd give him, and he'd be ah. listening to it. And um so yeah, it he just yeah he just kind of saw something in me really early on. And then now isn't he like a big part of your... Yeah, he's like, my manager. Yeah, your manager. I was yeah. going to say, he's your manager. Yeah, it kind of just made sense because um, he... Was living and breathing it from a yeah. young age. And, and and it's so good for me because no one really understands how much comes at you, like especially when you start to get somewhere and it gets really busy mm. and there are things that I just don't have time to physically be across and I trust him so much of with everything. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he knows the Amy Shark brand better than I do mm. half the time. So it takes a load off me and, um, and we're in it together. We're passionate about it and it's, it's fun. Like I, we definitely argue like there's times I want to kill him and he wants to kill me because that's normal. Yes, <laughs> and I think course. we know that like we, we just communicate really well. So it's, um, it's nice. You obviously had the album Adore and that that is the best. I mean, all your albums are phenomenal. I love that one. When did it break where you were like, oh, my God, like now I think people are recognising me and I'm starting to get a name? Like, do you remember that time? I never really, even this, even t- today, and I've been on, like, television and stuff, I see people looking at me and I'm like, what? What are you looking at? Like, you know, <laughs> I actually, like, think I come across as a bitch or something, but I, I, don't, I just don't see myself as that. Like, I just don't, I never, probably never will, you know? Yeah. I, I always think I'm under the radar and no one, I don't know, I don't even see myself as a celebrity yes. or whatever. Um, it's such a rank word anyway, but, um... When you're the celebrity, it probably oh, is, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, gross. this is so... Because I'm so self-deprecating and I always have been. I've always yeah. been quite embarrassed or, I don't know, it's just, like, weird. But, um, it took a while. Like, you have to work really hard. A brand is really hard to build, like, yeah. you know, because you can have that song and you can have all these things, but it's, yeah, to be a a name that kids know and their parents know and it's only just recently I think since Idol that I because I used to think if I don't wear Adidas and if I don't have my hair up no one will know me yeah but I'm finding now like I can have a hat on a beanie <laughs> on I was at Queenstown and I was all rugged up even my face like because it was so cold yeah. I had like a balaclava on and this guy was like Amy really like, get out of here <laughs> like what you can tell by my <laughs> eyes like what the hell so it's it's yeah it's probably at its peak right now but um, it was really exciting at the start. Just even hearing my songs, that's all I cared about, was that people were listening and, like, finally listening and I was writing things that weren't going to fall on deaf ears. Mm. And I heard Taylor Swift say it years ago. I watched something um, and it was before I got anywhere and it gave me, like, it just was so nice to hear. She was like, all I want 
is for my songs to not go to waste. Mm. And it, I was like, oh, that's all I want. I Like, I got all these songs and, and they're going to go to waste. And then when things started happening, I, was, I just remembered watching that and I was like, this is so cool. Like, I don't care how, the heights of where I get to, but anything I put out, even if it's 10, 100 people, my songs will be heard by mm. someone. They're not just going to sit on MySpace or whatever. There's something very authentic about you, and I, I believe Taylor Swift to be the same, in the sense of you are a certain image, but it is who you are, and you're not trying to be something that you're not. And I think there's a lot of warmth in that, in the sense that you know that people like you for you. They yeah. don't like you for some kind of personality that you are pretending yeah, to maybe. be. Yeah, And it's a wholesome personality as well in the sense that like a lot of young kids would look up to you and there's a lot of people out there these days that, you know, either like barely wear clothes or, you know, they're showing themselves maybe they've done a lot of work to themselves and it, it's yeah. people are idolising that. Whilst with you, it's like this is you, you know? Yeah. And I think it's achieve- I think, like, it's achievable. It's like <laughs> <laughs> definitely there's nothing, like, alien about me. But that's um, a, there's something so nice about that. Like, you can just be you and still be a success. Thank you. You don't have to change the way that you appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. be able to achieve in life. Yeah. And um, that must be so humbling for you. Yeah. The best thing right now is that I I really feel like I can be myself, whether it's in interviews, podcasts, television, and it's so freeing because, like, I see people that kind of put on a bit of a facade yeah. or, or something. Maybe it's just what they want to look like for their artist project or whatever yeah. and they try and jump into that. It's like I couldn't think of anything worse than trying to put on a show or be, be someone else because it's just not sustainable and it just makes life so much easier because mm. I on, honestly jump into anything and I, I just, as long as I'm just being truthful and just being myself, it's it's always going to end up better. Yes. And I wonder for you, obviously there are a lot of people that do listen to your music and you have another word you probably don't like, fans, <laughs> people that enjoy your stuff. Is there any kind of letters or encounters that you've had, maybe even with younger people that have really touched you? Uh, all the time, like all the time. And a lot of it at the moment has been sort of mixed with their parents as well. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, you'll see the kid be so excited to see you and there's not a better feeling. Mm. Like Because I I remember those feelings going and just being like, oh, my God, like I'm having this time with this artist or this actor or whatever and you can see their excitement and then you see the happiness in the parents mm-hmm. face like thank you for not being a jerk or for not yes. just thank you for spending this time and being so approachable and being you know whatever so I don't know it just makes me think okay Amy you're doing a you're doing a good job like yeah. it's okay because you know I never asked to sort of be a role model and, and it c- kind of scares me when parents say you're such a good role model for little mm. Sammy or whoever and it used to scare me because I'm like, I think I'm going to screw up a fair bit in this journey. Like I just, because I always have through school and that, there's always been pockets of my life that I'm like, oh, that was a bad time. Yeah, you know? yeah. We but, all um, have that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so I, I get nervous with that. Even like on stage, like, you know, I, I've got a bit of a potty mouth sometimes. and But then I've got to be like, well, that's who I am. Mm. That's just who I am. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's a tough balance 
to, to, to be someone I don't, I want people to be um, inspired by and, and, and I love being somewhat of a role model for kids and I'm always a bit, like as much as I'm trying to be myself, I'm also keeping myself in check yes. a lot as well because when you are um, someone people recognise, so much more shit comes with that mm. and you just don't plan for that. Like what kind of stuff? Oh, just maybe I shouldn't go to that because it's not a good look oh, or maybe yeah, I yeah. shouldn't um, align with this. Because, be with, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't be seen here. Yeah. I shouldn't be out late here. I shouldn't, um, so many things that, that I really rely on Shane a lot for because he's got a good gauge. It's like the sense checker. Yeah, he's got a pretty good gauge. And, and that's a lot of the time it's really hard because I'll be like, well, frig, like I want to live. Mm. I don't want, you know, I still want to have fun. Yeah, of course. But then I'm like, no, but, uh, you know, there's certain... We always find a balance, but it's it's hard. It's a conversation and Shane and I have such an awesome life and we've done so much and we have so much fun together and we, we always will. But with that, people don't understand, comes really difficult conversations, arguments. Um, it's like, it's it's not all... Yeah, as glamorous as what caviar, people think. You know? Have you ever gone to something and then gone, oh, God, maybe I shouldn't have gone to oh, that? All the time, yeah. All the time and... and a lot of the time, um, it's annoying saying it, but it's when I've I've said to Shane, "No, I'm going to this," and then I'll be like, "Get me out of here!" Like you know, and he'll be like, "I told you." <laughs> How funny! Is that? <laughs> you know, he's always right. Yes. That's what annoys me. Yeah, really annoys me. I wonder who did you love music wise when you were growing up? Who did you look up to? Well, I was pretty lucky because um, my parents, because they were young, they yeah. were like listening to like um, Four Non Blondes and like Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam. Yeah. So That's I what was, I listened to. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're the same age as me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah, they just like had cool stuff. So I, um, I think I was like the only uh, five-year-old at kindy singing Sweet Child of Mine yeah. and Not the Wiggles or whatever. I think I really liked melancholy music. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just always really did like sort of sad and different different sounds. Yes. Like it wasn't until I got to high school and you, you know how you go through your different friend groups mm. and whatever? And I remember going through like a big Spice Girls phase and whatever, but then I remember going through like Mariah Carey, Beyonce and that, but my heart was always like yearning for like more of the grungy stuff. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Yeah. Oh, I love those kind of bands. Same. Yeah. That's that's where my core is, but I still can get down hard to Beyonce. Yeah, and like, yeah. Like I love a lot of rap and R&B, but yeah, I think guitar-driven songs and emotional song yeah. storytelling, Al- Alanis Morissette yes. and like, um, you know, that kind of vibe. Did you meet any of them? I've met heaps of, of people. I met... Um, I met, I've met everyone from Blink-182, yeah. which I think they're just, I think I like people that are consistent, you know, like people that can put out just great record after great record yeah. and that band is just, they're just freaks, man. Um, when yeah. you met them, were they as nice as what you'd hoped they were? Well, I met them all separately because they weren't a bit, it was so weird because oh. they, they broke up. Yeah, yeah. And I worked with Mark Hoppus on a song on the first album and he was so nice. Like I met him at this really nice cafe in LA. I, I, it was still in the stages of I was really excited to be in LA and I know this sounds horrible but LA to me now is just like, I'd rather not go. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which sounds so crap. No, but, no, that's but, fine. Um, at that time, I was like, I'm in LA and I'm going to meet Mark Hoffice. And, you know, it was so... How did that come about? Um, 
He wrote to me on Twitter. Really? <laughs> yeah. He said, we've got some friends in common and my son just showed me your music or whatever. And I was like, this is wild. Um, wow. And I, I heard from him and Travis Barker all in the same, like, like two weeks or something. And Travis was like, let me know if you ever want to collaborate. So he was next. But um, they were, and, and then I eventually met Tom and um, just three of the biggest legends you'll ever meet. Just cool dudes exactly what I wanted them to be. How's that? Yeah. I remember <laughs> I was obsessed with Pearl Jam and I loved you too as well. And then years ago, I don't know if you remember this, they did, this is like really 10 years ago or something like that. My brother used to DJ and he messaged me and he goes, you will not believe, but uh, Eddie Vedder and Bono are here having dinner and it was after some sort of show that they'd all that happened to wow. do or something like that. So like I like steam ahead in my car. I've got my CDs. <laughs> in the back and my brother's like they're, they're, they're over there they're over there wow. and so I as a teenager went up to them with my CDs and I was like oh you know when you think please say something good and I, yeah. I but no this is about myself like going to like and I look at Bono and I go I'm your biggest fan. And I'm like, what? Like, you couldn't that, yeah, have thought of yeah. anything better to say, Sarah, than I'm your biggest fan. And he was so nice. He yeah. got up and he gave me a hug and he goes, you don't look like my biggest fan. You could be one of my smallest fans. And I was oh, like, oh, that's, that's really cute. sweet. Yeah, and he yeah. was really chatty. And then Eddie Vedder, who I was obsessed with, he just like looked and <laughs> gave me nothing yeah. and um, signed like my CD and, and that was it. But it was one of those funny moments where you meet someone and Bono was like super friendly, but Eddie Vedder, I'm sure, is a lovely guy. You, but you he never just, know he what did, he was. He could have exactly. And I interrupted their dinner. And yeah. Um, mm. yeah, but it's so funny. When was that? This actually could have been 20 years ago. Like this is this was a long time ago. Yeah. And they'd all gone out for dinner after the show and there was publicists and stuff wow. with them as well. So yeah, that what was a my spot. <laughs> that was my encounter. Oh my God. Um but I want to know for you, obviously coming, rising up through all the wonderful music you've done, is there still that imposter syndrome that you get? Like, do you still get that at all? Yeah, or? all the time. Because I see people um, go through the motions and end up um, quite egotistical. Yes. And like, but they're like, I go with my gut. So I, I, go, I like to go with my gut too, but I also am so petrified of becoming a, a, like a dickhead. So I'm like, I don't think I ever would, but like, I'm really, I always engage in people's advice and, and I, it's like, once again, it's just, it's balancing, but um, there are times where I really have to be like, no, this is, I know this, like mm. I have to tell myself, no, I know what songs, what a good song sounds like and that's, that shouldn't be there and I want to recut this vocal and I want to retrack that guitar or whatever. But there are definitely some times where it's mainly if I'm not in the studio. I think I, I think I've shaken that imposter syndrome in the studio. Mm. Depends who I'm with. Like if, when I worked with Ed Sheeran and we were in the studio, there, there were times where I just felt like a piece of shit. I was just like, oh, I shouldn't be here. Like I should not be here. But luckily, what makes him so good? Do you think? As in, like so, such a great musician. What's he practice. do that? Just practice. He's addicted to it. Yeah. Like he, that's all he does. Yeah. And I mean it. That's all he does. Like wow. the second we finished what I thought was just such a fantastic song. And for me, even at, at home, if I've like, if I've smashed out a song, yeah. I like crack a beer or I'm like, yes. woo, that's like good. I'll, I'll have a break for a minute. We finished that song and he's like, all right, pull up another, we'll write another. And I'm like, wow. oh, okay. <laughs> 
this is this like is how the pros do it, yeah. you know. And I learned so much from him because he he will get up and he'll go to the studio as if it's a work day. Mm. Um, whereas I don't know, late I, I sort of found myself getting lazy and um, you know not. But, but I also write a lot more than most artists. Mm. But I was getting lazy until I met Ed. I was like, man, he is this great because he just keeps writing and he keeps performing and he's such a strong guitarist and he's such a strong singer and it's just practice like wow and when you went on those Saturday night shows I love Jimmy Fallon oh what a legend yeah how was that like were you scared well that was the first time that I really had a meltdown um I didn't actually want to come out of the bathroom I was just like I, it was a mixture was it, anxiety or something? it was a cocktail of like just bad things. Like I, I really was, I was tired. It wasn't anything to be worried about, mm. but because I was performing in front of so many people, I would like not eat. So I was yeah, like paranoid, paranoid. I had nerves, so I wasn't hungry, but also I was scared to mess up my makeup. And oh, I was, yeah, yeah. I'd never had heaps of makeup done before. So I'm like, no, I just won't eat. So I was like probably starving myself, really tired, um, arguing with Shane a lot, arguing with management a lot. Um, and, and then, but the reason I was being that hard, I think, was because I was nervous and I didn't think I meant I was meant to be there. I was mm. like, I'm. This is ridiculous. People are going to laugh at me. Like I'm not. Like Kim Kardashian's in the next room, you know. Like mm. it's like I'm not meant to be here. <laughs> and so, how did you move past that? Oh, Shane, just banging on the door saying, "Get out here. You need to sound check. Like I can't. Like you need to do this. Like stop wow. being an idiot. You know." And then when you were in front of, say, like Jimmy Fallon, how was that? I can turn it on pretty pretty good. Yeah. So I remember just turning a corner and being like, this is a one, this is an opportunity that, you know, I think Shane kind of snapped me out of it. And um, I was still nervous, like so freaking nervous. But that's why, that's why it's so exhausting being mm. a musician because your emotions from don't screw up this song, there's, make sure you look at the camera at this line. How you do know, you remember it all? Oh, it's, it, it's just like, it's so much. And, and it doesn't... Pe- I get scared to say it because people are like, oh, you live such a, it's such a hard job. It's like, no, but it's, it's in front of so many people. And when you're not, when it's not second nature to you, it's, Mm. it's just so stressful and you don't want to let anyone down and you don't, especially don't want to let yourself down. And, you know, that was my biggest thing. I just didn't want to let anyone down and I didn't want to look stupid. So. Of course. Yeah. But even when I see musicians in front of these crowds of like hundreds of thousands of people, don't you get really nervous? Is there, I mean, I'm sure there's obviously a point like anything like practice, you've done it enough times that it isn't as hardcore as that first few times. But do you ever think like, what if I have a panic attack on stage or something like that? Does that ever go no, through your head? I've never had that. I've, I've never had, I, yeah. I, I was a kid that, um, like as much as I had a, a, my one time with Jimmy Fallon had a little meltdown, um, that was more, I think, a lot of other things. But mm. as a kid... You'd have these nerves, but as soon as I got out there, like I did a lot of theatre and um, I loved it. Oh, my God, I got such a rush from it. And I almost did better the more people that were there and Mm. the quieter the room was. If I knew I had everyone's attention, I would just excel more almost. Mm. Like I would just do the best job. And um, I feel comfortable on stage. Going through those first, you know, um, late night shows and everything happened so quick and I learnt so much. Like I made sure I, I really took everything in and now... I get through things by being like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. Seriously. Mm. Why would I get so nervous about doing this? Like, what, honestly, I, like I know the songs. I have so much fun out there. Everything kind of goes when I'm out there. 
I see everyone having a good time and they're there to see me. And that's all the nerves go. I just mm. like have fun with them. <laughs> like, and I got a good band too. So, so having the guys there to play off and keep me company is nice. Do you ever go out there and see all those people and just think this is the best? Yeah. Is there a gratitude? I mean, I think I'd be standing there with my hand on my heart. <laughs> I don't know. But like that, the power of the energy of yeah. all those people, so it must be so overwhelming. Yeah, especially if they're singing something back to you. Yeah. And you will let, you give yourself the moment. Because I'm not going to lie, I'll be really honest, there's sometimes if you have a big tour and a, you're yeah. playing like seven shows in a row, you can get into autopilot. Like I can come off stage and be like, oh. like, you know how you get home, you drive, yes. and you're like, I don't know how I drove home then. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't remember that turn off at blah, blah. Sometimes I get off stage and I'm like, I, geez, I hope that went well. <laughs> I felt like I was on autopilot. But um, some shows are really incredible. And when they're all singing and it's like just thousands and thousands of people singing back, it's like I had a few of those moments um, on the last tour and, and you're just like, this is, this is just so crazy that I'm here and this is happening to me. Yeah. Because not many people get that feeling. No, not at all. And you can't really explain it. There's a couple of songs where I sort of strum and and you always hope people are going to sing, you never know. And then there's been a few times where it's like they overtake me and I'm just like, far out, man. This is so cool. <laughs> How do you unwind after that? Like are you, because you must be on such a high. Yeah, I. it depends. I like... Um, some nights we'll we'll have a few drinks with the band. Yeah. Or a lot of the time it's so busy. I'm like straight into the car and yes. home so I can have a shower and get to sleep because I've probably got somewhere to be early. Or it's not. It's really not as glamorous. Hey, like I know everyone says that, but it really isn't. Like yeah. there's and there's some lonely times as well. But but those those feelings um, that you get on stage and having everyone on your side at that moment mm. is so spectacular that it kind of makes everything feel fine. I've heard you say before that there was a lot of ugliness that came with success. What kind of stuff did that involve? Uh, it's mainly just people. <laughs> like, As in like they try to use you or something? Yeah, or? that, like, you know, there'll be times where it's like, oh, I, I know I'm just here at this barbecue to have a photo with your kid, so can we just get that done with? Like, I feel like saying that now. Like, yes. can we just get all that done so I can just, so we can just chill? Um, and it's, I don't mind doing that. I really don't because I'm, I love it when people are proud of me. Like, I, I, I think it's beautiful and great, but... But then some people really take advantage of that and mm. they, they go and they run with it, man. They, I don't know. People just seem really entitled. And, like, there'll be times where we'll be out with someone and Shane will be like, that the weirdest thing is happening. Like, such and such was so normal and then you came and everything changed. And, really? And it's happened, to, it's happened over the time and with, with multiple people. And it started to really bum me out. I'm like... Why? <laughs> it's really, and I, because these are people, it's not like I've just met them and they're a big fan and I'm meeting them. They're friends I've had for years or people I've known for years. What so changes about them? I think they think I've changed. Oh, so they change. Yeah. But I haven't changed. Yeah. So there's no need to change. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. And sometimes I think people can get threatened, especially people that have known you for a long time. Sometimes it's threatening seeing someone else's success. It yeah. can be hard. 
you know? I get it. Because you want for yourself. So it's I'm only just telling something that I've seen with people that I know that they look at you and it might trigger something in them that they think, I wish I had, maybe not mm. a singer, but I wish I had something of that. Something you know? purges out of yes. people and I, I feel for them because sometimes they just don't know what to say and some and and I feel the same sometimes. I'm like, I'll see someone I haven't seen in years and so much has happened and they're like, how you been? I'm like, good. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Sorry. Like, you know, it's like, cause it's, it doesn't happen to, to many people. And, you know, I'm just from the Gold Coast and like, it's such a humble place and like lifestyle and, and it, it, I get it. It can be overwhelming when you've done so much and, but people really do, I don't know. It's, it's just such a weird thing to experience. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Not everyone is like that. Yeah. But um, Especially when you haven't changed, like where you know that in the core you're the same person. Yeah. So it's like you can relate to me like you, you know, used to. Yeah, the, I think the ugliest thing right now in life, and this isn't just me, but everyone is like a celebrity themselves with, yeah. like, with social media. Yeah. So yeah. everyone is looking for opportunities which is fine. Everyone's on the hustle. I get that. I was on the hustle for like 15 years, but for something different. Mm. So when I see people, I'm like, I get why why I'm here now. Or I get why, you know mm. what I mean? Because everyone's got a, an agenda. And when you start having something someone wants, that becomes very obvious. Like I can spot it from a mile away. Yes. When I get a message, I'm like, I know where this is going. Yeah. It's so obvious. Like, you know? Yes. So it's just, it's, it's that, that's what the ugliness and that's exhausting sometimes. I wonder if you do any practices, like, I don't know if you do meditation or any kind of practices to kind of centre yourself at all, even before shows, is there a little like oh, prayer or thing you say to yourself to kind of rev yourself up or anything to kind of like keep you in check, gratitude, anything like that? Um, I read a bit yeah. and like, and that relaxes me and takes me to another place Yes, to, to you know, that's not my life. So I love doing that. And before shows, it's so, it's so simple, really. I, I, I make sure I have a chat with the guys and we have a laugh and I always try not to make it too serious because mm. it's not, it's like all the shows that I would go to would never be too slick. It'd always be a bit of punk to it and a bit of yeah. off the cuff randomness. So I love that. And then I remember I used to have heaps of monologues to do for Drama Fest. Oh, yeah. And my drama teacher, Miss Perrette, she gave me a really great piece of advice. And she was like, just remember the first line. The rest will just come. So just keep saying that. So my first song, I'll just look at that song and I'll just go over the very first lyric. And usually it's right. I just I just make sure I got that first line and the rest of the show's there. Wow. It's, it's crazy. So I just that's my little thing that I make yeah. sure I do. And you've got your new song out now, which is your new single, Can I Have a Shower at Yours? <laughs> can I shower at yours? Yeah, can I shower at yours? <laughs> Do you mind if I have a shower <laughs> at your place, please? It's such a cool film clip. Do you come up with the ideas for the video clip? Because it's so cool and quirky. Or does someone come to you with that stuff? Or did you write that song? Like, how did it come together? Yeah, so I wrote the song um, and I came up with that idea. Yeah. Just because I was so happy with that production. Like, like my producer, Dan, kind of redid the whole thing because I had a demo of it that I, I was really excited about. I really liked the sound of where it was going, but I wasn't, like, in love with it. And my yeah. standards are getting so high now that... You know, I was like, it's not perfect. It's like, I know I could 
Just yes. get it better, mess around with it. It needs some time. So when Dan came up with that guitar and that groove that feels empty but so you just want to move. Mm. Like, and, I, and I said to Shane, I'm like, this just lends itself to movement, like, you know, and... I thought it'd be really cool to just be, because I'm not a dancer. I'm like the worst dancer you'll ever meet. <laughs> so I'm like, how funny if I was a dance instructor? <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Like, you know, and a lot of the time um, for a girl, when you're when you're a female, I think about what I'm going to wear a lot and how I'm going to be comfortable. Yes. And I'm like, how good? I'll just like wear like gym clothes and a visor. That's great. Like it sounds, and I like, kind of work around that. And the rest kind of came together and, and um, it was a really good collaboration. I had some um, bolster and Google Pixel films it on a phone. And I was ah. like, at the start, I really didn't want that. I wasn't yeah. sure because I was like, no, I like big cinema stuff because mm. I'm a bit of a film buff. And um, the more they were talking about it, I was like, no, this sounds kind of cool. Like we all watch things on our phone, so like why not film it? And they were showing me how cinematic it does look so it was cool it was really it was a great team and we had a lot of fun yeah you know? it's very cool yeah thanks do you write a song like that and go that will be a success like do you have oh. like a feeling how many of your hits have you gone before that I've got that vibe that's going to do well no I, knowing and knowing because I had so many songs that did nothing <laughs> I'm so like um just poisoned by that feeling. Yes. So the thing is I, I rate my taste in music and I rate Shane's and yeah. and if I get it past me and if, and then if it gets past him, it's like, oh, it must be must be okay yeah. in my head. That's how it works. Yeah. And then if it gets past you, my NR, if he's like, oh, shit, this is an exciting one, I'm like, great, this is it then. Let's, let's yeah. begin. Um, so I have very few people that I sort of will let listen and, yeah. and whatever, but I never for a second sit back and go, oh, got a good one here. <laughs> uh, we're good. You just can't tell, you know. I mean, with I Said Hi, I didn't want that as really? a single. <laughs> I was going to go with another one. And my manager was like, uh, no, <laughs> this, it has to be I Said Hi. Like, wow. you're crazy. Like, it's got to be I Said Hi. I was like, hey, really? I don't, because I was like, I was the adore girl. So yeah. I'm like, uh, people like me because the romantic love songs mm. um, with a bit of edge to it. And, yeah, no, she was like, no, I think you should go with I Said Hi. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if it bombs, it's your fault. <laughs> and it totally didn't. <laughs> and then, I mean, Adore, I, I just love that song so much. How did that even come about? Ah, uh, same way all of them did. I think that's why you can't really, there's no real method or formula. Yeah. Like, um, I remember Shane was at soccer and I came home and I always get excited when I can see a window that I could write because mm. when you work nine to five, it's like writing music was my, is, is and still is my favourite thing. I still can't believe it's like my actual job. But um, so I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to write some stuff. And I just, I remember falling into those chords and um, I got most of my songs, most of the successful-ish ones um, are written really quick, mm. ones that I don't really labour over, which is weird, yeah. but um, that just seems to be what happens. So lightning just struck and um, I just remember the Adore You line, like I sang it to Shane when he got home and I'm like, oh, let me play you this demo and um, I said, I'm just a bit worried about that, like, um, Adore You line, is that really corny? And he's like, that is the best bit, like... Mm. 
it just happened really quick and I had no one to produce it. I, I was in the middle of writing like for a government grant to afford someone oh, wow. to work on it. Yeah. So I got a friend of mine from uni to put it together roughly and then um, it was super long. It was a lot longer. And then I finally got, got the grant, got the money to work with M Phases and he gutted it and put it together and put the beat on it and made my guitar sound way cooler. I was actually a bit thrown because I was like, that bit's missing and that bit's missing. Mm. But I just had never worked with a producer of his level before. Mm. But I never listened to it thinking, this is going to be my big break because I thought all the other thousand songs I'd written might do it for me. (laughs) Have you ever worked with Rick Rubin? I'm obsessed with that guy. I'd love to, though. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's such a legend. But um, I'd love to. I would really, really love to. He's just a... He's an absolute unicorn, so. Yeah, I always wonder what, like, what he must have in his head. I know, to have that much success over those years. Yeah. I just want to go to that hat, the, what's it called? Shangri-La, I think. Oh, I'm not sure. Whatever his studio is. But now he's into personal development stuff. Like, he's got a whole podcast. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take anything. You can try and be a guest on it. He's interviewing all these, like, big personal development names and, (laughs) yeah, like, he's really pivoted. He's like, I'm so successful. I'm the best songwriter on earth. I'm going to try something else. <laughs> yeah. What a legend. I wonder for you, Amy, what is something that you wish for yourself? What do I wish for myself? Like apart from like a nice Hawaii holiday with some yeah. man rubbing my feet. Yes. Um, I think just for, for and I, you'll probably hear this all the time, but for happiness, actual happiness mm. where I'm so content and I honestly feel like I'm, I'm there and, and, it's scary because, it's like, Shane and I, we're, we're a great partnership and he's so hungry. Like, he's so hungry. And I think he's so hungry that it, I don't have to be. Mm, <laughs> so That's really good. Yeah, it is great. Um, I feel like, I, you know, a lot falls on him. But um, I'm so content. Like, I, you know, all I ever wanted in life was a really nice house. And I don't know why. Because I'm not a material. I really yeah. am not a materialistic girl. And I don't come from that at all. Um but I really wanted a nice house that I could call my my home and, and I have that now and I have good people in my life and I'm mm. just trying to make good music and everything else I'm like, I don't know if it happens, it happens. I'm not, it doesn't mean I'm not hungry. Like I still, I'm still competitive and when I have a song out, I'm like, I want this song to, mm. you know, be heard by as many people as possible. But um, I, I don't know. I just want to be really happy and content. What is the best advice that you have ever been given? Um, pretty much the the same old "Don't call us, we'll call you." Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually know who it was, and I'll say his name. Um, his name was Andrew Stone. Yeah, and he's a music manager, and he has been for a really long time. And um, we, Shane and I, were sending him stuff. And he just said the only advice, and, and I was so grateful that he did. He goes, "When you have something." they're going to come to you. And I was like, yeah, you really can't force feed someone. Mm. And it really does happen. If you put something really great out into the universe, for some reason it will find its way yeah, I to, to in people. Mm. And it's so. I still just remember the day, like even with Adora, I was, I've never had this feeling of we were inundated with calls and emails, people just trying to fly me anywhere and anywhere to meet with them. Wow. And coming from someone who has not, was so trying to push myself onto people and ram my name or my song down their throat. 
And I just remember what Andrew said, like, just remember, like, when you have something really great, you shouldn't have to do that. It's a funny push-pull of life, isn't it? You want to get stuff, but at the same time, can't be pushing too hard. It's a weird energy to be in. Yeah. And it's yuck. Like You've you got to hustle. Yeah. But, but you've got to know a boundary and you've yes. got to... Yeah. You can't go over that line and then you don't want to feel shit about yourself and but then you do want to get your name out a little bit. So it is that it is that fine line and then there becomes like a flow yeah. where like you said, yep. I mean yours kind of scaled up really fast, but where it starts coming naturally and you're like, Oh, I got this. Like yeah. I you know it's And you and you feel like you end up taking it for granted because I have a few people that continuously send me things and there's like there's probably like five to six people that really go for it. And I, and I always say, like, I really respect the hustle, but just just keep going. But, like, yeah. you don't want people to smell desperation too much. No. It's just a fine line. I walked that line for 15 years. I'm so desperate. I would do anything to, like, oh, I'm too desperate. I need to pull it back. Actually, I'm going to give up. And then, you know, no, we, we should send this. It's like, yeah. it's just, it's, you know, you just got to make sure what you're doing is good and have an honest conversation with yourself, like, do I really want this for the right reasons? Am I so obsessed with songwriting, you know? Is there also a sense of knowing your own self-worth after a while, which can be hard? At the start, like, oh, I'll do that for free. Yeah, okay, oh, we'll do that. Oh I know then you get management and they can protect you and do all that kind mm. of stuff for you. When does that kick in where you're like, no, no, I've yeah. worked really hard at this. Like, if you want me to come now, I will charge yeah. a fee for this. Otherwise, I'm like losing money by yeah. getting a taxi to come out or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And and I did that for so long. For yeah. so long, I would be in the red because I would be going out of my way to just get in front of like, I don't know, 15 people or play someone's Christmas party or, someone, or a friend's yeah. backyard, which that was, you know, fun times, but... And I see my friends go through it that, you know, they have these businesses, like um, small businesses that they're, they're, you know, forming and doing well. And and they're like, I can't, we get to the stage where where you have to ask for money. And we're all so awkward about it. Mm. And it's really hard for everyone. It's it's hard to be like, no, actually, this is my skill set. And this is like worth something. Yeah. It took me a really long time. Even when I even when I got signed and I think I'd won an aria. <laughs> I told someone from my old footy club that I'd do something and Shane's like, You what? Uh, and I'm like, Yeah, I, t- I said I'd play their wedding and, and Shane's like, Amy, <laughs> shut up. Stop, stop. So I was pretty bad at the start. Uh, now I'm just like, I'm so exhausted. I'm like, no, <laughs> whatever it is, no. My yeah. niece will be like, can you help me? I'm like, no. <laughs> so it's, it just comes with, you know, time and getting used to doing it. Yeah. And, and But you're right. I have I have a great team that I uh, it's their problem. I'm yeah, like, yeah. hey, look, self-worth is really hard. I know that, like, I, I'm not that bad that I don't think I'm worth nothing. Like, I know I'm worth something. Yeah. But it's always going to be hard for me to be like, you know, I'm a... I'm this much yeah. or this many, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how it works you out. You definitely <laughs> wouldn't be saying that I'm a celebrity. So. <laughs> no. What's your greatest hope for society today? What do I hope for society? Uh, I I mean, I was just having a rant before about like airlines and like, like service in general and I, I'm starting to feel like everyone's just quite angry and with very little time and no one knows who's going through what and... I always second guess that now. Like, is someone just having like a really bad day, or has there been a few things that have happened to that person as to why they're in that mood? Mm. And I think everyone has a story. Everyone yeah, always totally, has a story. totally. So I just think like patience and like kindness. Like, mm. 
like you know how you said about Eddie Vedder not talking yeah. to you really well or whatever after I interrupted his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's. I was just gonna say like I remember being somewhere with Shane and we were having this argument about something and I was just really. I was not in a good mood. Yeah. And someone came up and asked for a photo. And you have to just, like, I just snapped out of it. I was like, hey, how you doing? Like, you know, and and I think you've just always got to put your best foot forward and uh, and just try to just be a really kind, decent human mm. um, as much as you can because we all break sometimes. But if we all break at the same time, then we're all going to kill each other. Mm. But if everyone's really trying, majority of the time, the person who's the asshole, the other person can cover for. Yeah. We're all here to support <laughs> yeah, each other. I think so. Yeah. What is a life of greatness to you? A life of greatness. Okay. To be a really happy person, because I think that spreads. When you're content in yourself and you're confident in yourself, I think it trains other people to be confident in themselves and gives them hope. And um, I try and do that for my nieces and nephew and, um, you know, Hopefully they grow, grow up to be, you know, strong, happy, fun people and create more strong, happy, fun people. Amy Shark, thank you for all of the work that you have done and all of your music because even though you don't think of yourself like this, but you give back constantly for what you do. You change the lives of many young people, which I think is so great that they have a role model like you. So thank you so much for the beautiful conversation today. Well, thanks for having me. This has been fun. If you've enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to join my community on Instagram at Sarah Grimberg, where we post videos and behind the scenes footage of each recording. You can also join my private Facebook group, Live Your Life Greatly, where we discuss the content in this episode and many more, as well as give advice and tips on how to live a life of love and meaning. To purchase my manifestation course and meditations, head to the shop tab at sarahgrimberg.com or this week's episode show notes to find a link. If you love what you heard, we'd love you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app and leave a five-star review. It will help us share this wisdom with others. Listener.